Listener Production. Northern Hemisphere stock markets falter as interest rates march higher. And Aussie shares expected to open sharply lower on Tuesday ahead of the Reserve Bank's latest monetary policy meeting. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, first day of a new month, a new quarter, and we've picked up precisely the way we have finished last week with a relentless march higher for interest rates and stocks are struggling in the face of that. They are indeed, Tom. We've got the Dow Jones currently down by 178 points or 0.5%. The broader S&P 500 index is also down 0.5%. The NASDAQ, however, is hanging on up by 15 points or 0.1%. In terms of the way those markets performed, we've had the S&P 500 flirt with positive territory but couldn't sustain any modest improvements earlier in the session. I was a little bit surprised by the NASDAQ actually being up by about a percent at its best levels gave all of that up, obviously. So to see tech stocks perform as well as they did was probably a little bit surprising. But God, it's hard, isn't it? I'm surprised by this move higher for rates. It's a real grind at the moment for equities markets and traders will be looking for earnings results in the coming Mm. weeks to provide any catalyst for some upside here. And the biggest issue at the moment, as you mentioned, is the continuing lift in bond yields. We saw the 10-year hit the highest level since October 2007 at around 4.7%. It's currently up by 11 basis points to 4.68%, and the two-year is higher by six basis points to 5.11%. And a little surprising was the fact that you saw that sustained move higher for rates when there was quite a moderation in oil prices, which has really been a meaningful catalyst for that push higher lately. So the encouraging thing is that we might see some payback there in coming days. You've seen the US benchmark for oil fail around that $92 mark. And it did so quite emphatically last night. So it retreated from the $92 mark uh, to around $88.58 US a barrel. So uh, at last reading down by about 2.4% or $2.20. So that's really the, the thing to watch, I think, in the near term in terms of a micro catalyst. If you see some ceiling being created in that low $90 area for oil, at a time when there are a few things to cling to, that might be something that is seen as an encouragement. Well, there were a couple of things on the oil front. So we saw oil prices hit a three-week low and the high price Brent contract expired, which happens around month end. So we saw the price change there, but the US dollar strengthened and traders took some profits. So that was behind the 2% fall in oil. But back to bond yields and, and, and the re-intensification of the sell-off in that market, we did see an agreement to avert a partial US government shutdown. That reduced demand for debt. And also we heard from Fed speakers. So we had Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr. He said the biggest question before central bankers was how long to leave interest rates elevated, while Fed Governor Michelle Bowen, she's a known hawk, reiterated a call for multiple rate hikes. So that narrative didn't help. Jerome Powell did speak at a round table. He didn't really touch on monetary policy, but while he was speaking, that's when the 10-year benchmark hit that level that we did see around 4.7%. I'll put it to you, Ryan, if you were a risk manager, how much attention are you paying to central bank speakers at the moment? A lot. We need to get a gauge for their views at the moment. It's all about higher for longer, but of course, what we need to know is, are they likely to lift interest rates again? And the markets are currently pricing in 
just a 28% chance of a rate hike in November. But interestingly, they're now pricing in a 45% chance of a rate hike in December for the US yep. Federal Reserve. So, but is that is that coming at the hands of anything that you hear from a central banker, or is that being vigilant when it comes to the prima facie case of uh, inflationary pressures, the inputs into inflation? Are you getting that from? Are you listening to central bankers for that? Well, certainly, there's a lot of jaw boning around inflation at the moment. I think that's the critical just thing. To keep their jobs. Well, to, like they, they've got a fig leaf and they're trying to create a bodysuit out of it. Well, they're mandated to. Of course, I know. And, and it's easy, it's easy to have a crack at the central bankers. But in terms of the things that are driving the markets, I think that this narrative around anyone that's still talking about rate cuts next year is probably in need of a Bex and a bit of a lie down, I reckon. I think so. I think that the likelihood of rate cuts is a second half of 2024 story, certainly not the first half. And interestingly, last night, Tommy did touch on the ISM manufacturing index in the US, and it lifted from 47.6 to 49 in September. So we're still in contractionary mode. So a reading below 50 represents a contraction in factory activity, but as well above market expectations for 47.9. But what we did see was the employment sub-index jump into expansionary territory for the first time since May at 51.2. So what that suggests is that the manufacturing sector is likely to take on more workers despite the auto workers strike that's going on at the moment. Indeed, and that's precisely the sort of uh, micro thing that micro reading that you look for. Yes. Uh, And prices were higher as well. They were. So that was um, problematic, a bit of a fly in the ointment. So I suppose if you're looking for things that perhaps may have spurred those yields higher, there may have been a conclusion drawn that perhaps these ISM measures are beginning to bottom out. Especially for manufacturing, which has been depressed for some time. And it's coming off a low base, which means it could springboard a deal higher. Um, And even if it isn't sustained, it's enough to see the bond hawks go, okay, I'll, um, I'll push a few of these out the door. Absolutely. And what we also saw last night was with the bond route, a big focus in the S&P 500 on those sectors which are considered to be bond proxy. So utilities came under a lot of pressure. They were down by about 5%. So you need to look out for the specific sectors, real estate, technology, utilities when it comes to trading at the moment. And that was represented also in the European market where utilities were down 2.8%, the worst performer in that market. To your point before, uh, there's no better indication of a decent sell-off in gold prices as a reflection of that concern about rising interest rates. And with gold at a seven-month low, we're certainly seeing those concerns expressed in that market. Uh, with your comments about the European market, we had the UK market down 1.3%, the French market down 09 as was the German market, and the broader measure of stock performance in Europe was down by about a percent. And that went hand in glove with the German Bund hitting a 12-year high over the course of the session. Uh, the 10-year finished up by about eight basis points uh, to 2.9% in yield term. Interestingly, around central bank speakers, the ECB vice president, who's a noted dove, he was uh, kiboshing the idea of rate cuts anytime soon. Yes, and we did see European share markets hit six-month lows on Monday. And the UK FTSE 100 index lost 1.3%, its lowest level since the end of March. We saw Eurozone manufacturing, the PMI there, that dipped to 43.4 in September from August 43.5. So 
a continuation of that situation in Europe at the moment where we are seeing an economic contraction take place. So a lot of concerns there, particularly around Germany at the moment, and that is also weighing on risk sentiment. And one of the factors that weighed on sentiment was the unemployment figure for the Eurozone, which revealed that unemployment in Spain, 11.5%, in Italy at 7.3%. That's not a picture of a dynamic economic environment, is it? Certainly not. You compare it to the advanced economies, the larger ones in particular, like the US and and the like, where the unemployment rate's close to 3.5%. Or even in Germany, it's 3%, right? That's right. So certainly those peripheral countries are still struggling with structural issues and unemployment remains high. And that's going to remain a key focus for governments in those countries. I mean, it's interesting that as long as in our lifetimes, that's always been the case. Every time you see this picture of activity in Europe you know, change, it's always that focus on high peripheral unemployment. That's been the case since ever. And if you want to get a read on the any stress in those peripheral economies, such as Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain, and the like, you look at their bond yields. And whenever they ratchet higher, that typically means that there's some debt they and are. credit issues there. And there's often comparisons between the German bond yield, which is the benchmark for Europe and the strongest economy versus those countries. And whenever there's any stress, those, those They're like spreads widen out. So look out for that going forward. So in terms of the Aussie dollar, Tom, we've seen the Aussie dollar moving around a little bit with that US dollar strength overnight. So the Aussie dollar dipped from 64.25 cents to 63.62 US cents. It's currently trading at 63.65 US cents. Of course, there's a lot to talk about today. The Reserve Bank today is likely to keep its key interest rate steady at 4.1%. But of course, the key focus will be on October the 25th when the September quarter consumer price index is released. If that's stronger than expected, then the Reserve Bank's meeting on Melbourne Cup Day will be live and they may increase interest rates by 25 basis points. The big factor at the moment, of course, is wages growth. It's currently around 47 to 4.8%. If you look at enterprise bargaining agreements and also six latest employment numbers. It's an important meeting for the uh, incoming governor. You only have one opportunity to make a first impression. And at a time when it's very clear that there are inflationary challenges, it is important for some credentials to be established. And the low era was probably characterized as you know reasoned and dovish at times when it needed to be something more. Um, this is a very important statement that will be handed down from the RBA today, you would think. Absolutely. And Michelle Bullock has come out already and said that inflation is front and centre for her. It's too high. So will she retain that kind of tightening bias or hawkish stance? We'll see. Can't wait to chat to you tomorrow morning as well. Likewise. See you later. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.